Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, here in the Rugby Dungeon again, with no no live audience uh, this evening. Don't like it. I, no, I, I got used to that last week. Um, JB's right there. Hello Timothy. Uh, no live audience would want to see those feet. No they wouldn't, they really wouldn't. <laughs> and we're not YouTubing today are we? No we're not because my feet are out and I, you know, I can't be bothered putting on socks. And, and so, uh, hey, look, you made a rod through and back. If you like YouTube, you can play it on the feet. Well, you can't watch it, now, can you? So, Rex Ryan's an avid uh, fan of Egg Chasers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and there's Phil. Hello, Tim. Uh, right. Uh, th- well, I, I guess we should say, well, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. And thank you for everyone that made the effort to come to Twickenham last week for uh, for a live show. We really, uh, well, we loved, we loved the podcast. We loved hanging out with people afterwards. Uh, we loved, um, I loved sitting and buying our friend who travelled all the way from Chicago. That's and, amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, and by the Genial. way, that was just for the podcast he came. That yes. was R- Roberto travelled, landed on Saturday morning, went home on Sunday afternoon. That was... It, what a nice guy as well. What, yeah. What I, a g- interesting, lovely I got him his, got him his first Negroni. Excellent. Well, um, <laughs> he'd also done a bit of research, I don't know if you know about this. So, um, he went online before he came over, and he looked up uh, the, the, the patents... So what ostensibly is the Cipriani passing system. Cipper slip mitts. Cipper slip mitts. And they <laughs> exist. They exist. Apparently, apparently there is a patent out there already which makes gloves that make candling balls more slippy. Wow. Yeah. What, but, so the, the slip mitts, the patent is already out there. Yes, what about correct. the grip tips? Yeah, yeah. The, so the slip mitts is like to make to it's make a system, right? to, it's to, a system. to to artificially um, make it feel like you're training in wet weather. Yep. Yeah. By putting little slippier mitts on, re- re- reducing the friction in your hands and the ball. Yeah. But then grip mitts are ones grip for game games. Time. Grip tips. Grip tips. Yeah. Yes. Uh, for game time. Basically, like thimbles that you can't, that people in banks count money with. Yes. Exactly. But rugby versions of them. Yeah. You're gonna be scoring. Well, you're gonna be throwing try scoring passes with your grip <laughs> tips. Right. Yes. But yeah, he did that. I I, I loved I echo everything you said about the live pod Tim. Loved it. Really, really good fun day. And and what a it's just great meeting everyone who's kind of listened and been involved in the in the podcast over the years. Yeah. And sharing a beer with some top top blokes. So and really wandering around Richmond, it. getting getting merry and getting merry <laughs> into into Twickenham. And Absolute, watching rugby. Absolutely. And meeting Will Greenwood and meeting Nick Heath. 
and there's there's a few guys that we might be meeting in Japan exactly. in, a, in a couple of weeks' time as well. Yeah, have fun there. I wish you all the best on your <laughs> oh, Japan travels. Me. Good. Uh, well, speaking of which, the World Cup starts on Friday. It is here. Oh. What, this Friday? This Friday. This Friday. Yeah. This Friday with the, I mean, who knows what, what's going to happen in the outcome of the first game. What do you think about the first game? <laughs> I think Japan have set this up just to get the, 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 the native public on board, and I'm all for it. Yeah, well, a- absolutely. Where are you watching it? Uh, so this is, is going to be like an 11.45 type yeah, game, isn't it? Yeah, you'll be working, it? won't you? I will be working at 1pm. So I will be sat- You won't be pre- pre-recording your show, will you? No. You'll never do that. I will be sat in my studio watching it. I'm going to get down extra early so I can get kickoff. Nice. I nice. will probably miss all the opening ceremony stuff. But yeah. Well, I've got a little event in Greater Manchester Chamber of Commerce, so if you want to come networking and watch the Japan game, Japan-Russia, feel free to come along. So Lovely. Have you got it in the new refurbished room? I've got they, no they idea. They had a refurb last, last year or earlier this year. Have they? Anyway, doesn't anyway, matter. Doesn't so, matter. So on this podcast, we let, let's do a bit of a World Cup preview of the, these opening weekends, of the pool stages in general, just wh- where we think the runners and riders are. And by the way, um, Egg Chasers are going to be doing some stuff over the World Cup in conjunction with Betfair. So uh, you need to watch their channels as well because we'll have some we'll, we'll have some stuff coming soon. Some uh, some hard hitting opinion. Remember the last time JB <laughs> did some hard hitting opinion with Betfair. Uh, no, it wasn't. No, bet, no, it wasn't better. Another, a, a another partner, another partner. Oh, yeah, another um, partner. It was entertaining. Uh, <laughs> it got a lot of traction in the comments. So, can I just say, right? Because I'm so bitter and and so um so touchy about these things. Uh, that video that I did went out on tw- on not Twitter uh, on Facebook, and people commented over and over again. And after Wales beat England. Basically, basically, just using Dan Bigger, I went and replied to, every, to all 80 people, 80-something people, <laughs> who would question my judgment. How do you like that? Most of it was just lol, but, you know, it happens. So we are at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and, you know, all the other channels to come find us on. But let's get a crack in then. Um, let's, let's go through the pools. You've got them in front of you, Phil. I do. Let's start with Pool A. Pool A is Ireland, Scotland, Japan, Samoa, Russia. Who? Right. Samoa, Russia. Not Spain. Sorry, not, so, not yeah, Spain. Yeah, so say it again. Ireland, Scotland, Japan, Samoa, not Spain. Thank you. There we go. Uh, right. And, and the first game, the opening game, Japan versus not Spain. For the uh, disputed islands, I assume. <laughs> and I also <laughs> In think... In between Japan yeah, and not Spain. Absolutely. I think that um, not Spain are going to get their just desserts as well because they're in a pool where points difference could be a factor. Yeah. Yes. And so uh, every team is going to try and put as many on not Spain as they can, as they deserve. Uh, yes. and, and frankly, it's not even their fault. I mean, we all know, um, you know, who is responsible. That would be the, the cheating Romanians, to ever, <laughs> ever more be known as the cheating Romanians. <laughs> um, and as such, we've got this team who don't deserve to be there. They're nowhere near good enough. And I think this is going to be... The biggest, the biggest score margin of any opening game of any World Cup, because they always open usually with the home country. Yep. The home country is almost always a tier one nation. Yeah, and they usually have another tier one nation because it's a big event. Well, this one isn't quite that. Yes, well, it's, it's two tier two nations, but you've got a phenomenally well drilled, well organized, well coached, well financed, well financed Japanese team. Um, with big following, you've got multiple professional teams in Japan, one of whom the Sunwolves play in Super Rugby, but there's arguably 12 of the other teams in the top league mm. uh, 
could beat the, the Sunwolves on their day. So you've got quite a lot of strength in there. And then you've got Russia, who have got a couple of handy players. but Well, they've got two cell shocks, lads. Val, uh, one, one what, they're getting oh, humped. Yeah. They're getting humped. Whatever. Yeah, um, it, it, this will be a big, big um, Japan win. The, right. So, so the questions are: Ireland are arriving, world number one. Correct. Are they? <laughs> are they going to match that tag in this World Cup? And secondly, and the one thing every, a lot of people are as, are asking is: Are Scotland in danger of going out in the pool stages? Mm. Well, they think they're asking the wrong questions. Well, so looking at this pool, they're interesting questions. So, and the way that the games play out are quite interesting. So, the first game, obviously, Japan versus not Spain. Then you've got on the twenty second on the Sunday, you've got the big game for Ireland versus Scotland. And then immediately after that, or six days after that, Ireland's second important game, they then play Japan. So, Ireland, you would argue, they're not going to lose to Samoa. They're not going to lose to not Spain. After two games, Ireland know if they're through or not. Scotland and Japan both have to wait until the very final game, the 13th of October, when they play one another. Mm. And they will know at that stage what they need, be it a win. Yeah, it's interesting to say that. So if it goes well for Ireland, if they perform well and have some convincing wins, they can put their feet up and feel very, very good about where they're at. They, They can, in that pool, with the knowledge, as we mentioned last week, that... Regardless of whether who finishes first or second in that pool, they are going to play the team that finished first and second in Pool B, yeah. which is most likely to be, in no particular order, South Africa and New Zealand. Yeah. Okay, so this is not how it's going to pan out. Guarantee you that much. What, that one of Ireland, Scotland and Japan are going to qualify? Oh, sorry, two of Ireland, Scotland and Japan are going to qualify. That is how it's going to happen. Okay. Well, no, because I think you think, okay... And tell me if I've misrepresented the things which you haven't said. Um, that you both assume Ireland are going through, and it's a toss-up between the other two. Not necessarily. Right. No, no. I, I, I said. Ireland, I'm going to say. Will, I, I'm going to say that Ireland will know after two games. Ireland, will, Ireland will beat Scotland, and therefore they're going to be going through. How about this little conundrum? I think Scotland beat Ireland. Okay, but I also think Japan beat Scotland. And then you've got, well, then you're coming down to points difference. Yeah, so we're going to get into a three-way knife fight. That, that's how I think it's going to go. Because... That would be such a Scotland thing. Yes, They exactly. love having a great win. They did it with Australia a few years ago. So uh, why, well, think about it. It's not just a Scotland thing. It's a very island thing. And it's a very Japanese thing. So if you can combine all, you know, all of those different forces, it's going to be one win each. I can understand after England, uh, after Ireland at Twickenham people would be thinking that but I, I think you saw old Ireland against Wales in the two games to yes. grind out those two two results the first yeah. one where they didn't play particularly well yeah. the second one in Dublin I, I, I have kind of vague memories from Saturday because I was uh, drinking and talking a lot more than I was actually watching I, yeah. I re-watched the game on Sunday Ireland played bloody well they did and some of that's so someone like Rob Carney, who has been mixed forms and oh, Schmitz, yeah, of course because we did him. the podcast before that game so we, we didn't yeah. even mention yeah, so it on talking, the pod yeah yeah yeah, yeah you're right. Not, they did play well. About it. They did play well. Yeah, they they played brilliantly. So Wales have warmed up, haven't they? One island game, two England games, two island games, two England. Well, games. we're on Paul A right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I tend to put the reason that we saw the old island down to inconsistency. Now, I think they are on a very, very shallow, but nonetheless 
um, downward slope. And I think you call it downfall 2019. I call it downfall 2019 uh, if, if you want. But uh, <laughs> that's what happens with teams that are starting to age. And if you think about the spine of that side, you've got guys like Best who can come on and be absolutely fantastic. He can hit all his lineouts. But on other days, he can miss all of his lineouts. Uh, you've got Sexton who is get who is getting older. You've got Carney who is getting older, um, and old teams like we've seen actually with South Africa a few years ago with their record at n- number of caps doesn't always work out. So I, I have some worries about them. Uh, because sorry, on top of that, if they are to get out out of the pool, they've then got New Zealand or South Africa, and I think they can beat New Zealand. But I think the emotional cost of beating New Zealand means that they probably go in the semis regardless unless they get spanked by South Africa unless of course they go out in the group stage which all three are completely possible I I, I just don't see them going out in the pool stage as being well of no. course it's possible but I just I cannot it, see it it's possible it's unlikely I give I think they've got the edge of Scotland yeah. but and, and the reason I say they've got the edge of Scotland is because you've seen in the two Wales games, when they're in an arm wrestle, mm. they know how to win those close games. They've got enough... And they love an arm wrestle against Scotland. Scotland do not want an arm wrestle. No, they yeah. don't. And so, that's sort of the danger, though, isn't it? Scotland can open up probably more than any other team in the Northern Hemisphere. I've, I think that plays right into Ireland's hands. Because Ireland can then suffocate them. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, do you think Ireland p- would prefer to be underdogs as well, or do you think that's sort of no. old school? That's no, I think really the whole the whole cycle since the last World Cup has been about not being that. It's been about being dominant and about beating Southern Hemisphere sides, which they have done. They have, and oh, about winning time. Grand Stander, Slams, which they have done. Stander is another guy who isn't at his absolute peak, who they relied on. No, but I, I think you'll actually get more out of Stander when you play him alongside Conan. So, so they played it. Um, and I, I think you'll actually see for the big games, their starting back three, uh, back row will be Stander, Conan and Omani. I think that's right, yeah. Because you've got... What, you, what do they do with Henderson? Do they start him in the second row? Because he is one of their players who I think has to play. I would. I would start him and James Ryan as as your second row options. At, well, and with here, Tyburn here's on one for a potential, like, bolter after the club season he's had and the form he's shown. A potential, like unlikely team of the tournament player no. who won't even be their starting player at the start of the tournament is, is, is Kilcoyne. Prop. K- K- what, oh. a, what a specimen that guy is. What a 45-50 minutes he had against yeah. Wales. Absolutely amazing. In, the, in that first game. Unfortunately, he picked up a head knock yeah. and went off. But yeah, he was brilliant. And his form has meant Lion, Jack McGrath, yeah. hasn't made the squad. Yeah. Which is... If which is amazing. Said, yeah, if you said that... Class. If you said that... 12 months ago people would have called you absolutely crazy um, so yeah he's a hell of a player bad bad news for Ireland um, Robbie Henshaw is injured hamstring having a scan on it could be out for most of the group stages but where potentially would he, where would he start well, you was, well, well people I'd were starting start at, to I'd start at 12 yeah people were starting to say it should be uh, um, sorry I've completely brain farted his name Bundy Bundyaki no the guy you Ring just Rose. mentioned no oh. The guy you just mentioned. Henshaw. 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 Oh, my Henshaw. word. <laughs> it's, 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 it's been a long weekend. I, I, there was what a few, Tim? Working too hard. No, I, I, we, we had, it was a heavy night last night. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Henshaw and Aki look like a really powerful combo. And actually, it's, it's not a foregone conclusion that Ring Rose would be no, starting 13. I, I tend to think Ring Rose is the more naturally gifted player. Oh, well, probably the most naturally gifted player. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. In, in that back line. And, but you're right. He's not... The, well, Schmidt has said he, he actually... 
likes the versatility of ring rows. He referenced he can play 13, mm. wing, fullback, and even as an auxiliary 10, potentially, in an emergency situation, which would lead you to think, well, then bench makes the most sense for yeah. ring rows. But it does. It depends, because you could have... You could have Aki and Henshaw, big bullocking center centers. You could replace either one of them with Farrell, who's also ad- big. actually even bigger and more bullocking center. Yep. And then you could replace one of them with Ring Rose, and you've got like Gale and the the distribution skills and the kicking skills. Yeah. So yeah. They've they've got nice balance there. Uh, and, I, and speaking of speaking of the the aging props, I mean, uh, it's aging props, aging team. You've got Ring Rose in that, who's only twenty four. Um, Farrell and Henshaw are both 26 and then Aki is the elder statesman of the three at 29 yeah. so they're all in their absolute and yeah, they've just got no, no, no. age doesn't matter for backs I mean you can be as young as you want <laughs> as good as you want matter. it matters up front well no but I think the evidence is that forwards reach their peak much later than backs yeah sorry that's exactly what I meant I don't know yeah. why he said that JB could literally as you just heard can argue with himself so alright so he, here's the question so so I think Ireland are comfortably going through Phil thinks it's, it's highly likely I, JB thinks it's more in the balance I think it's a bit more of a knife fight no, fair, enough. Yeah. fair enough here's the one though because everyone is coming into this tournament talking about that last game in the pool Scotland versus Japan and oh there's an upset there what I can see happening is that that's the big build up and then Scotland just roll Japan over I that, that's what I kind of think is going to happen that's what they tried to do to Scotland when they played at Gloucester remember was it Gloucester they played at Scotland Japan last last time round when I, I can't so South Africa beat, I think it was Gloucester. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it's Kingsley. You're right. And um, they're like, "Oh, this is it. This is the one. Here, here they go." And Scotland actually won quite comfortably. That's what I think is going to happen. I think you might be right. But you, you might be right. Scotland but, have got a nice run into it because they've got their their tough games as the first and last in the pool, so they can get the first the the tough one out the way against Ireland. Experiment, freshen a few players up, and then be fully focused for. Do Japan. you know what it reminds me of in a way? How how I imagine it's or what I imagine it's going to remind me of in the future, when the All Blacks went to Cardiff, and Wales had, fit, had just won the Grand Slam, and like yeah, we're going to be singing at the hacker, <laughs> we're going to have everyone in red, we're going to you know burn some fossil fuels on the sideline, the, the city's going to be up for it, and the All Blacks come in there and spank them fifty-seven nil, even with all that <laughs> home support. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. So, what's your one-two for this for Paul Lay? Ireland, uh, sorry, Ireland, then Scotland. Japan narrowly missing out. Ireland, Although, Scotland, but with an Ireland loss and a Scotland loss. So kind of, a, a kind three, of on bonus points or points. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Japan. So one bad thing for Japan. Kenki Fukuoka. Oh yeah. Is so if you've watched any highlights of Japan in the last six months, you'll have seen team tries from eighty meters. Yep. More often than not, he's finishing off those team tries. He's an absolutely electric winger. Something's happened to him, right? He's injured for most of the group stages. Oh. Now, he's the team is not built around him. They've got lots of other talented players, but he is a big loss, a genuine world-class talent. He's absolutely sensational. Wow, that's a big statement, Phil. He, he's a brilliant, brilliant I like winner. it. Uh, I'm going uh, Ireland, Scotland 1-2. Um, Paul B., Pool B. Oh. Oh, wait, well, what's the point of winning that pool or coming second? Just there's no point. Well, 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 well. So if if Ireland were to upset South Africa or 
New Zealand. This is em- em- eminently is, possible. They've <sighs> they've beaten both teams in the last couple of years. Yeah, no, no. It doesn't matter if you beat South Africa. In the well, last. let's let's get on to those. Let's yeah, get on yeah. to those. Let's go on to if, those. If Ireland do beat that, win win that quarter final, it's on. Yeah, it it is on big time for them. Well, they've never but, gone past. They've never gone past that stage. No, they've no. never won a knockout game in a World Cup. Yeah, ever. That, that doesn't bode well. They've got a lot of players who've won uh, knockout in Pro 14 and yes, European Championship. True. So, yeah, going going to Benetton and winning the game is pretty much the same as it's very, <laughs> mate, I, I, unless you've done it. Unless you've done. It. <laughs> um, pool B then. So this is the pool that we need to spend least time on. Yeah. In in uh, order, as I'm reading out here, we have New Zealand, we have South Africa, then we have Italy, Namibia, Canada. Mm. And Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Now, Italy have beaten South Africa a couple of years ago. It Not was the same a, team. It was a totally, totally different South African team. Yeah. It, the So, New Zealand and South Africa are going to have three very easy victories. And their first game on the 21st on Saturday is against each other in Yokohama. Uh, and that will decide who they play. Whether they play... Winner of Pool A or runner <laughs> of Pool A, um, um, and I don't think they will really matter. I well, don't think they really mind. Well, no, well, the fact you say that is is another reason why I actually, the more I think about the quarterfinal chances, the more I think Ireland have got a real chance because, like you say, they they can have people in the background, just focused on all the analysis, game plan. Unlike in a World Cup where you have to sort of turn around six days, who have we got? Yep. They can actually spend practically a month getting, getting ready for quarter-finalists. Yeah, they will, they will have... Which the... they'll already be doing because they know it's yeah. going to be one of two teams. They will have a good three weeks. Yeah. It's, it's actually more than three weeks because they play on the second day of the tournament yeah. on the 21st of September and then they will go to around the 19th of October. Yeah. It's nearly a, it's nearly know, a gonna... full month. Yeah. I'm going to make a bold to... prediction here. My bold prediction is that South Africa are going to beat New Zealand handily. Ooh. Handily. Well, I'm, I'm going to say by two the, scores. The more I think about, right, so uh, I've I, I tip, I, I've tipped South Africa. That's not a bold thing because a lot of people are they're th- the third favourites behind England, by Lol. the way. According, uh, is that, with the, with is that with English bookmakers? That's with our friends at Betfair. Is that with Betfair? Yeah, so English... Is that book, right? English, England was yeah, second yeah, favourites, yeah. yeah. Eng- English Four bookmakers will... Because there'll be a lot of people put, placing bets on England, they will favour the team. So in South Africa, South Africa, I imagine, will be ahead of England yeah. in in the betting. Okay. So, so I, I, South Africa are where they are. The more I think about it, and I tip them to win the tournament, and they look at the, the strength in depth, the, the squad, the momentum they've got. They've beaten New Zealand. Um, uh, they've got no fear with any team. The one thing I think is that that's maybe being overlooked a little bit is something that we say massively about other teams when we talk about Ireland. Or um, we say, oh, if Johnny Sexton gets injured, bit of a worry there. Mm. So I think the same goes. Actually, look at South Africa. They're an injury away from being... Um, Pollard. Um, Pollard is so important. Because actually, Pollard you look at their squad, Elton Yanchis is oh. there. There is possibly no more important player at a World Cup than Andre Pollard. Because Andre, South, Af- South, critical. South Africa with Andre Pollard, you can see them lifting the trophy without him. I just don't see it. It's a big difference, isn't it? It is massive difference. I mean, uh, I mean, try to make the counter argument for that. It's difficult, nigh on impossible. Uh, 
I guess you could say Yanchis has done well with this club. You know, uh, consecutive Super Rugby finals is nothing to sniff at. You know, he's had to play with Faf. I've run out of things. <laughs> um, I'm, the, so the first game, I think, is... Uh, I said this last week. I think it's an absolute coin toss. I can't see either team winning. And I don't think it really matters, does it? it Really neither, neither team I don't think either team will, will uh, really care this ultimately no no Phil made the point on the podcast he, he asked, you asked the question will this be the first World Cup or no yeah. did one of our listeners yeah, ask the question, ask the question one, of, one of our incredibly uh, knowledgeable listeners said the question will this be the first World Cup where the winners lose their opening game or lose a well, game or lose no, one, no one has ever won a World Cup losing a game really yeah wow um it is very possible that you could have these two in the final. And so the, re- the reason I don't think it matters, and I think it's a coin toss, is so the last four results, um, the last four results have been two wins to New Zealand, one win to South Africa, one draw. But the aggregate points of the last two games, uh, the last four games, is 106 for South Africa. 107 for New, for New Zealand. They are that close. For, so, the, for the last two years or year and a half, they have been that close So I don't together. think they are that close because, as I keep alluding to, everyone says, oh, they're peaking. No, they're not. They're getting better. It's very, very different. Whereas I think New Zealand are still trying to get back to the heights that they were maybe around last World Cup. Uh, South Africa is getting better and better and better. And that's why they're going to be so problematic come this game. I'm actually nervous about this game. Why? I don't. I'm just nervous. <laughs> nervous for like just the energy and how big it's going to be, and just I can't wait for it. I can't wait for that game. That game is the, the be intensity monumental. of it. It's it's going to be yeah monumental. As so, so that's ten ten forty five on Saturday so, morning. So yes. pick, so pick your one two, which is also just picking who's going to win that opening game on Saturday. It is South Africa are going to win it. Give me New Zealand. I I still New Zealand in my mind are still favourites for the tournament. I think, okay. and I think they will revert back. I said this last week as well. I think they will revert back to Bowden Barrett because they've got Ryan Crotty playing twelve, and they'll have Lynette Brown or Goodhue at thirteen. They'll have Ben Smith at fifteen. They'll have Rico Yuani and Severus Reese on the wings. Yep. And that is a hell of a backline. This is interesting because it's it's only when you see the whites of the eyes of a World Cup and you get days away, and then I start. I, I've a couple of weeks back. I was like, oh, South Africa are my number one. But the closer I get, I'm going. They've just won it twice. They've won it twice. They've got unbelievable world-class players in key positions. It's going to be New Zealand. They've won the last three Super Rugby yeah. um, tournaments with, um, the, with the majority of the Crusaders team make up the back. I feel fickle of. changing who I think is going to win the World Cup. But I, I, I just keep thinking back to New Zealand. And as I say, Bowden Barrett goes down. They're not as badly affected. They're not. You're right. So I don't know. What's they're, it? They'll miss. They'll miss having someone like Damien McKenzie. Um, mm. again because of his versatility because he can play right across the back line but they've got multiple other players who can play right across yeah. the back line so I know Phil's prepared a quiz which we're going to do in a little bit we'll get into pool C and D but just we got an email uh, or I got an email sorry, from Peter Shaw our friend in America listener in America in the States Peter Shaw who uh, just suggested a little thing which might take a couple of minutes and might be a bit of fun okay. he, he said um, what about the most and least international rugby players in other words he said for example the most French player who would you say the most French player in the French squad Chabal, is? Or something like that. Oh, in oh, the French in, squad in the French squad Uge 
He said Uge He said Uge oh, because he's gre- greasy, slippery, quick. Oh, a petit general. Yeah, Baptiste yeah. Saran, and he's just so. Oh, he, he's the, the the French sometimes describe it um, as more art than science would be, mm. and Baptiste Saran is just the embodiment yeah. of that. But as as is Dupont. Uh, D- well, Dupont is both. But, uh, Dupont is magnificent. Yeah, he really is. is. Uh, he he uh, so he mentioned he said Johan Uge because he's greasy, slippery, quick, <laughs> a cheater, and capable of amazing wizardry and shocking lapses, which is which is a strong argument. And the least French player, Virami Vakatawa, um, <laughs> he, he, he's as French as a palm tree on a beach. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> recently he's quite. Oh, but, but, but there's a lot of palm trees in uh, Cannes and oh, Saint Tropez. That, that, and... That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Not um, sure they're indigenous, but so so just who's the most English player? In the England squad. Ooh. Hmm. Peter Shaw's suggestion is Owen Farrell. Mod, hair, mod haircut, emotionless, yeah. efficient, tough, ruthless, and at times thuggish. But well, is, I wouldn't, even, northern. Say, I wouldn't not... even say he's the most northern because Mark Wilson's the most northern. Well, Mark, not, well, well, not, well, not only Wilson. geographical, no, no, but... No, so Mark Wilson is king of the north, <laughs> right? <laughs> Whereas Owen Farrell left the north a long, long time ago. But he's very northern. I mean, if Owen Farrell played in the north, he would be hands down king of the north. <laughs> yeah. If he played at Newcastle or Sale, yeah, un- undoubtedly. Who is the most English player? What a great question. Hmm. I'll have to go back to that. Yeah. Because I don't have a... Do you know who's quite English? Uh, Joe Launchbury. He's got that. Pre's a good shout. Yeah, he's got that very, very, English, very polite, very polite. He's got a bit of a public school face about him and uh, his demeanour. And yeah, he looks like um, a, a, a large version of the kid that was in Outnumbered. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> he's sort of unassumingly massive. Yeah, he he's definitely very, very. Uh, he's, al- he's almost apologetically massive. Yes, like yes. you imagine. Yeah, he's the sort of guy that would, for just like. Yeah, he's the so sort huge. of guy that would smash you into next week and then sort of uh, just uh, hold <laughs> hold a hand out to help you yeah. up. Yeah, and I imagine also when, when he's in like street clothes, he looks quite English too. I can imagine. Yeah, it's not like. Um, uh, street clothes. Yeah, like, do you know you see some... Baggy some... jeans, backwards baseball cap. <laughs> no, no, I imagine... So, do you know that some of the guys now, you know, would be peacocking around with their tight T-shirts and whatnot? I, I can yeah. imagine wearing down, like, you're wearing, like, a button-down shirt tucked into some jeans, that kind of yeah. thing. Bit, bit, bit more um, restrained. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just, I'll, I'll chuck a couple of Peter Shaw's ones about teams as we go through. That might be okay. a way to do it. So we've already done Ireland and Scotland. So he says the most Irish rugby player, Peter O'Mahony, he's got an O in his name. Hard as, hard as nails, uncompromising, bends the rules and will play with a bullet in his leg and mm. never come out. Um, and yeah, I agree with that. The most Scottish player is Finn Russell. He's worked, worked for three years as a stonemason before coming a professional rugby player. Yeah, completely agree with that. Uh, Finn Russell, yeah, 100%. Uh, so, and we, we've just done South Africa, New Zealand. The most South African player, Peter Steff de Detroit. Well, tall, tall, blonde, blue-eyed mountain of a man who could have single-handedly beaten the English in the Boer War. Uh, also a very long, who's you know, old-school Afrikaner. Right, so he doesn't have blonde hair, but you've, you've all met him. It, there is not a more South African man in the world than John O'Ross. <laughs> I mean, there simply isn't. I mean, there are other South Africans. They are bigger South Africans, but there are no one. There's no one in the world who's more South African than John O'Ross. So John O'Ross isn't Afrikaans, though. No, he's, he's not. He's it doesn't matter though. English heritage. In fact, he's so he's so South African. He's English heritage, and still captain the Bulls. Yes. I mean, that's how that's how South African he is. He's not in the squad though. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he's the most South African man on earth, let alone in. In a rugby squad, the, the most New Zealand player should just be who's got the who's got the the most eighties haircut. Uh, Good Hugh, 
Yes. Jack Goodhue. Jack Goodhue. Hands down. <laughs> Jack Goodhue. Amazing Jack rugby player Jack stuck in the 1980s. Well, no, no, he's not even stuck in the 1980s. Plucked he, from the 1980s. Yeah. He could simply... He could simply be in Flight of the Concords. They, 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 would, they would have a role for him. Yes. I've, I've never laughed at, at that show ever. Has anyone ever laughed at that I show? I love Flight of the I Concords. I love that show. I, I just don't get it. I think it. it's brilliant. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, like, it's... Is it a little bit like um, League of Gentlemen, where you've got to watch it lots and lots of times before see, the humour becomes an in-joke? Some people no, that are, some people that I trust a lot and the, whose whose humour I really value, and they're very I find them very entertaining. Love League of Gentlemen. I've never, oh, I, I never, I never got into it. I used to love League of Gentlemen. I've watched it so many times on repeat. Admittedly, in university when everything was funny, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I imagine it kind I'm, of goes along those lines. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, there's a, tw- a Twitter poll: Le- League of Gentlemen or Flight of the Concords? Yeah, mm. I'm a Flight of the Concords man. Yeah, very much so. All right, so I'll, I'll mention Peter's other suggestions. Thank you, and we are contact eggchasers at gmail dot com. By the way, if you've got any ideas for quizzes or content or anything you want to chip in, um, I'm from all over the world. So, mm. um, Phil, Paul C. Paul C. Whoa, 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 wait. Whoa. Are we just going to pretend that New Zealand aren't wearing blazers? Is that what we're going to do? Are we going <laughs> to pretend that they weren't issued with their team blazers today? Talk to me. Did they have white piping on them? Uh, no. no, they were just playing black. No, oh, I do. No. I do like like I they, like the piping they, they, they when teams. They it's like South Africa do yeah. when, when they when the South Africans were at the World Rugby Awards in Monaco. They, oh my god, they okay. looked incredible. So you say white piping. The only thing that white piping might have been involved in is if the tailor only had the tools of white pipes, literal white pipes to cut the fabric, because that's how bad these blazers look. What? Have I, look I think I think you're uh, overselling that. Some really? Of the, some of them are not the best fitting. Really? I, I, don't, I don't hate it. They look terrible. I don't no, hate the look. The, the design's nice. The fit is terrible. I don't... Uh, no, I don't want the All Blacks in grey. No, it looks like it's a school uniform wearing grey. I quite, I don't, I quite, I don't mind the school uniform actually now, but I don't like the grey. I don't mind the colour palette at all. Well, you say a school uniform, like South Africa looks like a very, very yeah. high-paying uh, very, school. Very, very high, high very high-paying. Oh yeah, no, I don't like that. Um, I... Makes me want to weep because if you think <laughs> about it, right? Those men, those chiselled, sculpted men, should be a tailor's dream. They should be some of the best-looking suits on earth. Yeah, you are right about that. And yeah, they look like um, some just... of them are not well fitted. Yeah, they've gone to top. Who's, that, who's just... that fella, top middle, that looks like he's um, just literally taken off the set of Harry Potter with his specs, specs and a beard? Is that the one you're, you're is that, thinking? Is that? Um... It's one of the props, but yeah. don't ask me. Don't ask me which one. Okay. <laughs> anyway, they, they, they should be that, some that's of the best-looking suits. Just, I think it should almost be the rule that you have your your two your two primary colours in piping I'm really, as your suit. I like. Oh I, no, no, I'm, no! Maybe not as a rule because that means that if you if everyone does it, it's not special. But if everyone did it at a World Cup, so at a World Cup, that's what you do. I'm with you. That's what. Uh, no, no, that's what I would do. Yeah, but I'd be happy for others not to do it. Okay, that's how I would go about this one. But those are bad jackets, Phil. Don't yeah. try and stick up for them. Yeah. Some of them look great. They, just no, they them, don't. Some of them, are, and I love those ties. Right, fine. Mm. You just got to disagree here. <laughs> Simple as that. You got to disagree. Need, uh, yeah, I don't know. The ties oh, are. Um, by the way, what happened last time that they wore grey? They yeah. lost to France. Lost to France in Cardiff, a game that I happened to be in attendance. Were you there? I was there. Yeah, oh, it was wow. awesome. I was wearing my French top. 
That was the day of Dusatois. Yes, it was. Yes, or it was. Day, day of Mark How many tackles two. did he get? 37? Was Some, 37, 38. It was, it, he put that in was a phenomenal. phenomenal shift. Mm. Um, almost beaten by his performance in the look tw- at that. 2011. Look at that, Phil. Look at that. Two, hang on. Thankfully, there's not, not two buttons done. Yeah, one button done up. Yeah, it's, it's just not a great fit in that jacket. Not it's not the end of the world, though, Jay. It's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, next next pool, then. pool C. Pool C. We have, in no particular order, England, France, Argentina, United States, Tonga. Oh, wonderful. I was much more worried about this pool a year ago. And mainly Argentina. France, I still think, are very dangerous. And World Cups. They've got to three World Cup finals. They know how to do the business against all the odds at a World Cup. <laughs> they do. Um, you're right. I'm, I'm less concerned about Argentina, even though the Jaguares made the Super Rugby final and are legitimately the best team in South Africa. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> top, top of the South African conference. Yeah. I'm, I am less worried about Argentina. Um France are interesting. They've got so much talent, so much super high-end talent. But can they get it? Can they get it together consistently? <sighs> now they don't need to get it con- together consistently to, to knock England out of the pool potentially. But they do to do anything meaningful in the tournament, and that's what I think they'll struggle and that's with. That's the last game of the pool as well. So France is England. So. The the order of the games is quite interesting. So England have two easy warm-up games, I yep. say easy. They play, play Tonga on the 22nd on the Sunday. They then play uh, United States in Kobe, a game that JB and I will be in we attendance be at, assuming there's no problems in Hong Kong airport no. on our travels. Have you got a USA jersey ready for that one, Jay? Uh, any sort of no, paraphernalia? I'm, I'm taking two France jerseys. I've got a Tonga <laughs> vest. Um, I do have a USA something here. Uh, there. Over there. USA Sevens. Should I wear that? I mean, it's signed and stuff. It's it looks a bit. It, it looks like it might fit me. I'm Would you sure, like to wear that? I'm not sure it fit you. I, um, I'm not sure about wearing stuff that's that's signed. Oh no, because you're actually. Yeah, that's true. And also, that does look a bit tryhard. That doesn't it? And you are yeah. playing against England as well. And you, yeah, are I don't want to wear it. I'm not. <laughs> Why don't you wear? Oh, do you know what, Phil? Would you wear? Chris Robshaw's jersey from 2015, the one we've got, the one that Chris Robshaw signed. Can we exercise the no, demon that, by taking that, taking Chris Robshaw with us? I, I kind of think if we're going to take it, we should burn it. <laughs> no, it's got to stay there. That's um, that's a collector's item. That it's going to bring back ourselves at home. The it's other going to bring bad luck wherever that goes. Well, yeah, the other one that's also bad luck, um, Dylan Hartley. Dylan Hartley's. We got we got, we got an England jersey signed by Dylan Hartley. Yeah, Dylan. Actually, they might do all right because Owen Farrell's not signed us a jersey yet. Yeah, perfect. If I can get Owen Farrell's signature on a jersey, it's all <laughs> over. Maybe that should be our like egg chaser's point of difference. We have jerseys of people that fail at the highest level. <laughs> yes, glorious. <laughs> like, inglorious. In, yeah, I like that. Inglorious jerseys. It's like, it's like yeah, inglorious jerseys. What was the, uh, was it a Michael Johnson quote? Uh, um, the Super League press launch. In that um, sports halls, Michael foyer. Johnson, Michael Jordan. Okay, not yes, Michael, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, not yeah. Michael Johnson. Michael Jordan. Is it Michael? Oh, the, about, the quote failed, above Tony Adams. I fail so many times. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why I succeed. Or that's why like, I succeed. Like, I fail so, so many times. We should just collect failures. Or not? Well, it's still failure is a harsh thing to say about someone who's if captained was, their country. But you know what I mean. I, captain them to a record-breaking yeah. exit. Yeah. If I was Enzo Super League. Or I knew anyone who's anything to do with Super League, right? 
I would highly encourage them to recreate that press conference in their next press conference uh, launch for Super League as a bit of tongue-in-cheek action. <laughs> it was like a, it's like a scene out of Mike Bassett, England manager, that it, press conference. It, it really was. It was astounding. It was absolutely astounding. But um, So whose jersey do we can need to collect out, from... That Su- wasn't, can I just point out, that was not a Super League press conference. That was a Rugby Football League press conference. Super yes. League are far better organised than that. Of course. Uh, who, so we just need to quickly work out which jersey do we need to collect from the season just gone. Is it... Do we need to get a signed... Um, who really failed? Newcastle. Well, Leicester as well. Oh, Leicester. Yeah, 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 Leicester. Leicester team jersey, cheers. Leicester team jersey signed by... <laughs> Everyone. Any of them. All of them. All of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, Matt O'Connor. Matt, <laughs> Matt yeah, O'Connor. Perfect. A Matt O'Connor signed Leicester jersey from perfect. last year. There we go. And, and, and Simon Cohen underneath it. Awesome. Uh, Back- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, back to Pool C. Yeah. The, the order of the games is interesting. So, England have got two easy games, then they have. Uh, England-Argentina, which we'll be at, and England-France are the final game. Now, France and Argentina, they play each other first. So then they know whoever wins that, which I feel is more likely to be France, but whoever wins that knows... um, they're going through. No, they are more. Well, they are so more likely. The more depend, likely. It, 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 shoot, it then goes down to what England do, because if you win that, you know you just need to get a result against England or even even a draw. So I. Because I'm more interested in my prediction coming right rather than who actually wins. I would prefer France to win that, I think. Because France will be better with confidence, and I think Argentina will use it as a bit of encouragement, a bit of inspiration to go harder. Whereas I think if France lose, it, they could just all implode. And I think, Argent- I think Argentina have to win, have to win to go, th- yeah. to go through the pool. Because I, I, I actually conversely think... They are erratic, temperamental. Oh god, it sounds like I'm describing France as well. To be honest, <laughs> actually, I don't, I, I don't know. Here's how this is working, right? Argentina are going to play around England, and France are going to play through England. All right, here's a question: What's the more? Because everyone's been focused on: ask, Is it going to be Scotland or Japan? Is is Paul C harder to call the top two than Paul A? I would say so. I think it probably is. Oh, no, I don't know. Uh, yes, no, I think it is. I think C is harder to call, but, but only because I do think um, Scotland and Ireland should both beat Japan. Mm. Not that they will, but they yeah. should. Mm. But both both are tough. and I, I think you are likely to see a surprise in one of them. I think one of... England um, plus. Well, France it, it could well be. Somehow, so. yeah. Well, but you said, you said before that um, they, they might want the momentum. Actually, in, in 2011, when they made the final, 
It was a loss to Tonga and then basically ignoring Lievermont and Aronodiki and the rest taking over the team that was they lost to Tonga in the group stages yeah. and went on and almost beat New Zealand in the World Cup final was it six, in nine New Zealand. In the uh, the, the final, it was like eight seven, I think it was. Yeah, in the final. Yeah, uh, did, was there a try? Um, Dusatoir, of course, scored a try. Of course, he uh, did. but and then Beaver kicked. equally when Argentina. Came, oh no, Woodcock scored. Yeah, Woodcock and Beaver. When Argentina got third place in two thousand and seven, yeah, they opened the tournament by beating France. Yes, Javier Hernandez, Stephen Jones's greatest fly half. But yes. the greatest ever. writer writing what the greatest fly half ever makes yeah. sense to me <laughs> it does make sense but there you go so I actually think uh, that's Argentina's blueprint they've got to start rolling they're not they can't play catch up they can't they can't pull the rabbit out of the hat no they've, they've got to get the wagons rolling and, and keep them trundling oh by the way P- Peter Shaw's most Argentinian player Geronimo De La Fuente cool name great moves in the open field endless flair and like the rest of the team, a South American playboy who probably gets very little rest on tour. He, he is Agreed. a particularly hard tackling centre as well. He's hard as nails. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, England, they're up against it. I can't wait. Cannot you think wait. England are going out? You've said it. You've said it before. you said it many times. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I just, look, I, you know, England I, need certain things to happen. And if those certain things get taken away, they can't win. If, that's their problem. Just as a, a note... If on the 12th of October, um, England lose to France and go out of the, the group stage, I think I'm going to be ill for the <laughs> podcast the next day. I'm pretty sure. They, to be fair to them, England have really come good when it matters. If we were to do this a year ago, I would be certain that England are going out. I'm not that certain now. Um, and, and the two, the big, what's changed since a year ago? Billy Villapola fit. Yeah, Manu Tulangi fit. I mean, that makes... And, and kind and, of... Backs up what I've been and, saying. They need to get over the gain line. They love they love the gain line. They thrive on the gain line. And, they, and they've added Joe Thocken, a singer, who can do that same job as well. Yep. Johnny Gimay is consistently all class now. Marco Vinopolo has got to get fit. Yeah, Marco Vinopolo will make a big difference. They are a f- fearsome bunch. I'll give them that. Just on Johnny May, I, have either of you seen the latest edition or, or one of the most recent editions of The Rising Suns? Is no, it a Johnny May one? No, it's not a Johnny May one, but there is a brilliant moment, a terrifying moment, um, about two minutes into it. It's they're um, warming up to play Italy, and they're just in the grounds of the hotel where they stayed in Newcastle before, and they're doing some catching practice, hand-eye coordination. So they're taking it in turns, hitting a tennis ball with a cricket bat. Johnny May takes his turn on the cricket bat, swings and lets go of the cricket bat. And a flying cricket bat narrowly misses Ben Youngs <laughs> and um, Willie Hines. He, he almost, he almost decapitates oh, Ben Youngs. Yes, okay, carry on. <laughs> Willie Hines, no, 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 no. <laughs> he almost decapitates one or both of the starting scrum halves. It was an unbelievable only Johnny May moment. <laughs> right, I'll tell you what. Um, Call up Sean Perry. You continue for a minute. I need to have a comfort break. Oh, not down here, you know. We've got no toilet. I'll go. Oh. I need to. I need to go somewhere. Okay. Can, <laughs> uh, well, uh, Tim, 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 Tim. Tim, can Scott, I um, can I tell Phil about Rugby JB while uh, uh, whilst you're gone? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Do it. All right. So, as Tim is off um, fiddling with my doorknob there, interesting. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about um, wow. Rugby X. <laughs> this is seamless. Go, go upstairs. <laughs> there you go. 
Yeah. Oh, professionals. Nothing but professional. Exactly. Rugby X is going to happen soon. Do we know? Do we know the date of when? Uh, it is middle of October. I think it's after the group stages are finished. Okay. So we spoke about Rugby X before, which is semi-interesting game, I guess. Five-a-side rugby. Uh, they've now got a, a thing, haven't they, to decide games, which is going to be a one-on-one if it's if it's a draw. Yeah. And uh, it's all very good. I think we described it last time as an an answer to a problem, an answer to a question that's yet that, that's yet to be asked, and we something like that. that right? Yeah. So I've been, I've been thinking about rugby X and what it does, and I've come to the conclusion that we've gone the wrong way with it. What we need, and it's only a working title, if you can come up with a better title, is rugby JB. It's a good working title. It is. So, so go, go on, explain it to me before uh, I decide on the name, whether the name's appropriate. <laughs> okay, so instead of having, instead of going for like it's five aside, it's going to be open, skills based, and offloady, which no one really cares about. It's going to be <laughs> which you don't really care. about. Well, does anyone care about them if if they're cheap and easy? If offloads are cheap and easy, does anyone care about them? Uh, they're entertaining. Oh no, so pr- Premiership no. Sevens. It was entertaining this weekend. No, okay, highlights are good. No, okay, so. It's effectively the world set piece championships. So you show up with a squad of eight. You can use maybe two replacements, uh, which you then cannot, cannot reverse. The rules are as follows: you... oh, do, 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 Can you do it headliney? Go on. Let's not go. No, as in, let's not yeah, go yeah. really deep into rules. No, 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 no. really deep. I've, I've, don't, don't worry. I've only got half an hour of this. Okay, so um, you got five five scrums each. And you've got to use the same pack and do five lineouts each. And there are different scores for different things you do. So you win your own ball, uh, you win your own, your own ball at a scrum, one point. You win a ball against the head, two points. Catch and drive, five points. Everything is done on the five meter line. And you could basically have a sevens tournament style thing where you could get packs from all over the show and do that in, do that in an afternoon. And it's the same thing. You it's small venues. It's narrowing the skill base so more people can play. I actually think. If rugby acts are going to get people into the game, it won't because what you require is skills. You don't really need any set set piece skills. You can just show up and learn it. The, yeah, okay. It's it's it's, it's interesting. The, the flip side is you say it doesn't. It requires lots of skills. What I would say is the part of the game you, you would have to target this at the tiny minority no of, of total rugby noises. Right. So, Whereas yeah. what I like about rugby X as no. an experiment is it's trying to get people outside of rugby's existing audience in correct in, mr in. cocker so this is this is why you're wrong okay you would watch rugby x maybe would you watch it would you actually watch it oh uh, yeah yeah i'm i'm, I, I I'm would, fascinated to see how it goes because i, would watch it. I, I love okay. i love offloads and uh, and that sort of uh, thing would you watch world's strongest man 100%. Would you watch I do. eight? eight of I'm, I'm waiting i'm waiting till i, I want i want martin bayfield's gig on that yeah. or james richardson's for that matter <laughs> and what if what if Will Strongest Man, all the contestants decided to form up two packs and, and go and have a scrimmage? Would you watch that? No, but I would watch it if World's Strongest Man had a uh, like sumo wrestling you, head to head. Don't you dare. Or, Are you telling me you would not like to see a front row with Eddie Hall in? <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Exactly. I, I, I would like to see that. Yeah, I would exactly. like to see that. And the, you know, Imagine the specimens because they don't have to run anywhere. But, but that doesn't change my point, which is I understand rugby and how a scrum works. But people, you must have stood in a pub and or had some friends who don't watch rugby and just like oh, trying to understand what is going on. Well, well even, okay. a, even a 
Premiership games, you sometimes hear overhear the idiots in the crowd shouting at... Boring in! Yeah, or... Um, into the side, he's offside. He's every side. time, ref. No. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it different to boxing? Okay, boxing is fundamentally a really <clears> simple sport. Two men hit each other in uh, in, in the head until one goes unco- unconscious. Right, that's pretty simple and, simple. and very However, and, and, ta- and tangible. You can you can relate that to a brawl outside a pub. <laughs> <laughs> However, right, boxing is actually ferociously com- complex at the detailed level. Two packs of men pushing each other is pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward what they're trying to do. Well, if it was done like tug of war fashion with no ball involved, well, tug- the ball tug- has to be involved, I'm afraid. Yeah, and the problem tug of the war actually gets over one of the biggest problems that I think there would be with this, which would be the contentious refereeing decisions when a scrum collapses and both sides are making it there. look like. So, well, tug of war would actually simplify that a lot. No, we're not having that. <laughs> um, we are definitely not having. Tug of war. It's going to be so five attacking scrums, five five attacking lineups, different points for different things. Can they More wear points in defense? Can they wear a, can they wear spandex and have like character names like Wolfman and I things think like they that? Could. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm toying with what the kits would look like, but imagine these guys. Imagine, I mean, you know, that what makes Anthony jo- Josh, Joshua such a draw? The fact that he looks like a Greek god. I mean, we'd have loads of Anthony Joshua's walking on. It'd be absolutely <laughs> superb. Actually, Anthony Joshua carrying a few extra kgs. Well, yes, I mean... Because Eddie, might, Eddie well, Hall does not look like Anthony Joshua. Well, yeah, okay, so the thing is, because you've got the line-out as well, you're going to need some guys who are a little bit more more yeah. athletic, a little bit more Anthony Joshua. Like. I would I would be, I would love to see it experimented, just like I would actually genuinely love to see a game without knock-ons yeah. experimented with. And also, we could play some weird places. Imagine if I told you in spinning fields... On, on, on Wednesday afternoon, there's there's going to be rugby J, an exhibition of rugby JB on there with two massive packs. Well, the the Georgians are coming to town, and the Argentines. Well, do you know what Ben Ra- Ben Ryan and the other guys with Rugby X? They went out. They got some commercial backing. They got some investors. They got some partners, and they got some ex pros who were being ambassadors of it. I, I say go out and make that happen, JB. Rugby do JB. It. Get get Steve Diamond on the case. I, I I think it's an easy sell, a real easy sell. <laughs> Good luck to you. Thank you, mate. <clears throat> Pool D. Yes. So, sorry, who, who, what are we saying? Pool C, I'm saying England. I think it's a toss-up England-France. I think that last game it could go, is a coin toss like South Africa-New Zealand, but I'm going to say England won, France two. I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to say Argentina and France. Ooh. Argentina won? No, for... Um... Yeah, don't know, don't know. But it's going to be Argentina and France. On the whiteboard, England going out in the pool stage. Mm. That's already on, on, on the whiteboard, that was on the whiteboard years, ages ago. I, I think, 2018, before downfall 2018. Well, yeah, I mean, I was pretty certain of it before, but now they've not picked Marcus Smith as their starting 10. <laughs> pretty much a certainty. <laughs> we, 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 we back ourselves away from home. <laughs> which, which, actually, so your, your point about um, England travelling badly away from home, isn't quite right. Why? Because they didn't play at Old Trafford in 2005. They played in 2009 and hammered Argentina. Yes, he did. So they have played three games away from home oh, no, no. and won, it wasn't won all of them no. by, by so, 30 or 40 points. It wasn't that they were bad. It was the games were bad. The atmosphere was bad. Yes. Well, that, atmosphere. That was the now, there was no atmosphere at, at both Old Trafford and also 
the other place, Emirates. So my point uh, wasn't uh, that, Emirates, um, Etihad even. Yeah. So my point wasn't that they didn't travel away from home. My point was um, Twickenham is an essential part uh, yeah, of the English Twickenham experience. Twickenham is England English home. But I've seen awful atmospheres at Twickenham. Well, yes, that does happen as well. Uh, England Australia in 2015, for example. Yeah. One of the worst atmospheres at a sporting event I've ever seen. Did, did you go to it? I did. Uh, right there. I had the distinct misfortune of getting um, from our friends Canterbury some, uh, some complimentary. Well, what tickets. was worse about that is uh, the the games before the World Cup in the build-up. I saw a really great atmosphere game. England really putting Australia to the sword in Twickenham. I watched uh, not long before that in, in Wales there, uh, and they battered Wales, and it was an awesome, yeah. awesome day. There you go. Pool D. Pool D. So it's we have the easiest of all the pools, I'd say. In no particular order. Australia, Wales, Georgia, Fiji, Uruguay. Which actually might be how they qualify. Um, which, um, it's not as easy as Pool B, I would say. Yes, agreed. But because of Fiji, yeah? And Georgia. Fiji and Fiji Georgia. Fiji and Georgia. I mean, Fiji more so well, could cause an upset. I'm not sure you don't mean it's not as easy. I actually think it is. I think... The other pool might be harder because Italy battered Georgia not, not so long ago. Just those two teams are going to win are so far ahead. If yeah, have, that, that's, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I mean. If you'd, have, so if you'd have looked predict. at this pool straight after the last World Cup, if you said the next World Cup, it's going to be those five teams, you would have thought it would be much dicier because you would be thinking Georgia will kick on again and for, uh, where could Georgia be four years from now? Unfortunately, it doesn't look like, even though they've got the president of the country convinced Mamuka Gorgodza to go to the World Cup. That, that's that's a big deal, isn't it? That is a big deal. Although Donald Trump phoned AJ McGinty when he was having a wobble. So <laughs> <laughs> um, Mamuka Gorgodza would strengthen pretty much any team in the world. But that is not where Georgia need replacements. They don't need backup in their pack. They've got a monstrous pack who can mix it? mix it with anyone. Maybe he's playing 12. <laughs> well, he, he, he maybe should do because I, I've seen... Watch them against Scotland. They it is a handling that lets them down. Well, they, they've it, got, they've got whole back line. They've got an eight yeah. and a nine. What's the guy's name? The scrum half. Lobanidza. Uh, Lob, Lob, Lob was that the youngest ever guy to play in a World Cup? Yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So so they've got nine decent players. They, well, yeah. they've got more than nine because they've got about seventeen front rows that are decent. Yeah, yeah. They've got thirty-one decent players. It's just that twenty-eight of them are front <laughs> rows. So what? They'd be pretty um, good at rugby, JB. They would be good at <laughs> they Ruby would JV. Be. They're designed In for fact, Ruby their, JV. Their third team would be pretty good at Ruby <laughs> JV. Um, yeah, the, the biggest concern for Georgia is just they they really really struggle to string passes together and to score tries. Um, which, when you're playing against Australia, Wales, and Fiji, now I mean the Georgia Fiji game will be very interesting to watch because it'll be totally different, contrasting styles playing for the second best tier two team behind Japan, uh, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I agree that Wales and Australia are quite a bit ahead of either Fiji or or Georgia. So I look, at, I look coming into this World Cup and think that, Paul, whilst there are more potential banana skins, I think that's the easiest pool to win. I agree with you. I agree with you. It, it's the, it is the easiest pool to win. Because Australia only really have to beat Wales, and Wales only really have to beat Australia. Yeah, it's and and in the case of well, I say for Wales, that's I mean yes, every game's going to be tough, and they they can't have a 
oh, we'll just switch everything up. And Well, no, actually, they will for some of the games, but every game is a potential banana skin. But Wales can, I think, should be disappointed if they're not top. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Even without Faletau, even without Ainscombe. Uh, and Wales, we saw in November, was it 13 games on the bounce? 13 so, losing uh, games against Australia on the bounce. They ended that jinx in an absolutely thrilling 9-6 uh, battle. Wonderful stuff. Phenomenal rugby. I just don't know why, but I don't think Wales can beat Australia. And what, Wait, it's of- so weird when you get close to World Cups how Welsh... And I'm noticing this with friends of mine and with people you see online... Welshmen suddenly start like uh, like a, the the head starts going back inside the shell yep. a little bit like oh god I'm, they get nervous World Cups just mean pain. Well, generally speaking, they do. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's that is except, what they are. Except for Twickenham four years ago. Weirdly, one of the more enjoyable World Cups as a semi Welshman was um, <laughs> a self hating Welshman <laughs> was two thousand and three. Uh, because nothing was expected, and they nearly did England. I mean, they that near, was they, glorious. Yeah. You almost beat the team that won, that won the yeah, World Cup. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> almost did it. And in a way, that sort of sums up the Welsh mindset, which is uh, quite happy being losers, I guess. Well, one one thing I, I have, I know I've mentioned this before, but so Wales won the Six Nations. They were the best team in the Six Nations, playing a very simple brand of rugby. They were the set piece was excellent. They were defensively brilliant and suffocating yep. and they invited pressure onto themselves and then sucked it all up and spat other teams out. So here's why... Now, doing, doing that in Northern Europe in February and March is very different to do it in 30 degree heat in Japan. Yep. And I think that will actually bode very well for Australia in this in their matchup. Well, I, I, I get that that might lean it more towards Australia however just let's just look how erratic and ridiculous Australia have been <laughs> out of any international team I know yes they, they've got pedigree in World Cups and they, talent they've won it a couple of times that they always go far whatever they managed to somehow get to a final last time with you know us saying similar things before that World Cup but they're in a state and Wales have got as as we as we've established. When you look at it broadly, they've got the easiest route of a top side to a quarter final, in which they could play. In, if JB has it has his way, France or Argentina. Yeah, about, and I don't they, think they, they could. I mean, come on. I think they if, would fancy Argentina. They wouldn't fancy France. I think no I think Wales have got the best route to a to a final out of any of the home nations. Maybe, maybe the most likely. Well, route. well here's why I think they have a huge advantage over everyone else. Okay. Uh, because of the quality of their coaching. But the reason that's important is because every team in this World Cup has some sort of frailty, maybe with the exception of South Africa because they're still getting better, so we don't really know where their weakness is. But everyone well, else has a blinding weakness, or if not a blinding weakness, just a weakness. And I think Warren Gatlin is the man who is most well-equipped in order to take advantage of any weakness. So England looked pretty much unstoppable before they went into Wales, who beat them fairly handily, as it t- turned out. Um, they managed to beat Ireland too, again, just using... So you're getting more confident again now. Details. <laughs> yeah, if there is a weakness, Gatland will it, um, will, it, uh, will exploit it. Australia have weaknesses. Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they definitely yeah, they do. do. So, so come on. You should feel... Comp- this Wales have never had a better chance. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, give me Wales and Wales have never had a... Genuinely... I'm not. I'm. Uh, yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I don't. Well, well I, I think 
They're not the most 20, talented 2011 team. was a, a bloody good chance for them as well. Mm. 2011? 2011, so when they was, played... Uh, Gareth... Um, they played France. Gareth Jenkins' team, right? Gareth Jenkins. Um, oh, they went out Shane Williams was in there. No, they no, went out to the, France in the, the semi-final. The red card. Oh, right, no, the one before that, I actually thought the team was 2000, more talented. 2007. Yeah, th- I thought they had a more talented team then. Yeah, so but, they had Peel, they had but Jones, 2011 Henson, was, Shanklin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2011, they should have been in the World Cup final. Yeah, they should have. That's, you're absolutely right there. <clears throat> and in a World Cup final, playing New Zealand with their fourth choice fly half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that was the better one. But so I don't understand the negativity. Well, no, I do understand it because I start, I start feeling it about England time. a little bit. Yeah. But I, I'm, I, if I was a Welshman, I would feel like I would be embracing, come on, bring the World Cup on. I think what Welsh fans will be feeling now, and probably rightly so, is... A lot of times Wales beat other teams because although their top end isn't as high as other teams, they're constantly playing to the edge of their abilities. And when you get to the World Cup, usually most teams play to the edge of their abilities. And when everyone does, I think the lack of talent in the Welsh team is, is going to show through because there's no two ways about it. They do not have the talent that England do. They do not have the talent that probably even Australia have. Um, but are they a better all-round team, and can they get more out of their individuals than other teams? That's what they rely on. That's how they beat teams, and it's through good coaching. I suppose four years ago, you do have the memory of not being able to beat 13 Australians. Thank you, Tim. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And then losing to South Africa, who just lost to the Miracle in Brighton. Exactly. The oldest team ever to play any sport ever. Yep. So... I mean, actually, yeah. So you want to talk about a good opportunity again? There was another 20, great 2015 was a bl- 2015 went out to Australia, right, or New Zealand? Uh, New Zealand went out to New Zealand. Um, in 2015, was New Zealand was so far ahead of every other team. Every other team was trying not to be second lo- or first loser because no team played well. It was just New Zealand yeah. were were the good team then. Do you think this World Cup is going to be a great spectacle, or do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be the best World Cup ever. No, I will. So we watched uh, Will Greenwood on last Saturday after we'd watched the <laughs> Ireland Wales game. Yeah, we did. And one of the interesting things he said, and I completely agree with this point, was the competition of Tier One nations has never been uh, more fierce, and you have got at least half a dozen teams who can all beat each other on on their day. The problem is the gap between that top top tier and the vast majority of the tier two teams is bigger than it's ever been. Okay. So I think I think you are very which is very, a real shame after twenty fifteen. Well, no, yeah. No, other other than Japan, I th- I would be very surprised if we saw an upset of tier two to tier, right. to tier one. So that's almost correct, but not quite. Or it is correct, but probably you're not taking the right messages out of that. So the gap is bigger, definitely. Definitely. But the gap isn't bigger because the Tier 2s have gone backwards. It's bigger because the Tier 2s haven't gone as far forward as the Tier 1s. So, uh, yeah, which isn't I, quite I the would, same thing. I would agree with that. Yeah. So, that, I mean, like, these these guys who are playing now... I mean, yeah, uh, you know, USA are a pretty amateur setup, for instance. Russia are a pretty amateur setup. But Japan are almost entirely... Not Russian. Spain. Thank you. Not Spain. <laughs> Uh, one pint, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they are getting better continuously. The coaching is better. The infrastructure on them is better. They get support from World, some World Rugby. They are improving. They are. It's the best bunch of Tier 2 teams ever to play any World Cup. 
But because of the competitive nature of those top leagues and those top nations and all the rest of it, they are pulling ahead more and more. But as they pull ahead, the things that they learn will also filter down to the tier twos. So it's one of those things. It's just the nature of competition. And mm. not having as many tier two versus tier one games. Uh, not it, not compared to the past, but maybe as many as we should do. You could argue will yeah. have it, an impact. It's the nature of commercial imperative over world game imperative means that actually uh, the gap has got wider since 2015. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I mean, there are some big countries who don't struggle financially, who aren't. You know, who won't catch up like USA and Japan? No, no. When I say commercial imperative, it's exactly echo it. We're kind of picking up on what Phil just said about tier one v tier two games between 2015 and now. Okay. Yeah, there's so few. Well, they're never going to give give up the Six Nations. Exactly. Are they? Which no. is good. But you know, there should definitely be more tier two, tier one games during the autumn. I mean, that is that is should be that should be the window. So, putting your money where your mouth is, who is going to win Pool D? Wales. Yeah, Wales. Fine. Give me Australia. I really? Think. Yeah. yeah. I, the, I think the Heat will genuinely, I yeah. do actually believe, not not just the Heat, but the style of rugby that you can play in the Heat in yeah. summer conditions yeah, compared to winter conditions. Interesting. That's an interesting point. So um, I've got a question for you, Tim. Um, which part of Japan are you most looking forward to us looking forward to? <laughs> Um, I'm I'm most looking forward to you looking forward to walking among the oh no cherry blossom won't be out then will it no that's not to us back autumn, autumn leaves I'm, I'm looking forward to you um, I'm most looking forward to you looking forward to um, staying in one of the little rooms with we are staying in a, we caps, with, with the, the pa- capsule hotel with, no, or capsule hotel and oh, the, 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 paper wall. the paper wall thing. We're, I don't think <laughs> we're staying... There are a few hotels that do have traditional Japanese rooms, but I don't think we're staying in one of those. We, we to, are um, in a capsule hotel. Can we go to one of those Mr. Miyagi-style bonsai workshops? Oh, yes, please. Capsule hotels make total sense when you're... Oh, I was going to say on the piss, but yeah, I mean that. They, oh, no, you're yeah, right. yeah, that's it. That is, you just... They make so much sense. Question, and I don't know the answer to this, genuinely. But say if I did get separated from the party through excess drinking, could I just knock on a capsule hotel door and stay there? If is that got, how they work? If they've got space, I would have thought so. Have you seen those pods in San Francisco? That, that, that they're that, 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 um, Basically, they're trying to sell to millennials as the, 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 the way of living now. You pay a subscription of only... What, rent? Of only $1,200 a month, and you can stay at any pod anywhere across the city. What? You don't, but you don't have a home. It's basically like... It looks like a prison. You sort of have a... Bu- <laughs> you have a bunk. There are sort of... Oh, is this the college to prison pipeline? <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what they're thinking, but they're, they're, it's a, it's bonkers. But this is what they're doing in San Francisco. I think it's a good so. idea. I, I think it's a really I, good I, idea. I think I think if you were in Japan for the World Cup, having a like a, a pod hotel m- month pass, like you get a railway pass, would be a great idea. That, that, is, that is a good idea. That you could just rock up at anyone anywhere. Yeah, would have made booking a lot more simple. Well, not, not more simple for you because you've not done anything. No, I've not done anything. I have started doing my doing my map. <laughs> yeah, I've got, have you organised uh, some some places to drink that won't be open when you two get there? <laughs> Sadly, yes. Seasonal opening bars that are not open <laughs> on the specific season that we're there. I'm sure. Yes, there will be plenty of bars. Which <laughs> drinking are. establishments at altitude. Uh, yeah, oh, yes. where we located all the rooftop top bars that, that we need. I can to. imagine there'll be, there'll be some highly elevated rooftop bars in yeah, yeah, significant yeah. Ele- elevation. The, the problem is. Um, I literally have no idea what to, what what to expect, and the other problem is these cities are so massive. I mean, if you take the footprint of Tokyo, 
it is like the whole of Yorkshire and a bit more. It is so enormous. I, I don't even know where to start looking. Well, and, Shibuya and, and Rapongi Hills is where to start looking. And the other is thing right? is, is, is if you guys go, you know, sartorially made up nice shoes and blazers and stuff, people are going to think you're some sort of kind of throwback because they'll be all in their <laughs> uber trendy futuristic clobber. I'd, I, I, to be honest, I don't think I'll be wearing a blazer because it'll be 32 degrees and 80% humidity. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I'm wearing. I don't know what I'm wearing. But, you know, don't, don't worry. I'll worry about that uh, as the time comes. Yeah, don't worry about us. We'll be okay. Um, any other business? I saw I we, the, the, the Premiership has been launched. Premiership launch, Premiership Sevens, Premiership mm. Cup next week. Uh, so none none premier- of which I'm particularly interested in. Premiership. Uh, hey, oh, BT, BT Sport Premiership Rugby Cup. That's 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 where it's at next Saturday. Are you doing do not miss Cup? that. I mean, yes, there's some other World Cup games on, but do not miss that. Are you working Premiership Rugby Cup? Exeter Cup. Bath. I'll be oh watching. yes, I'll be watching. Clear that. my diary, Phil. Three p.m. <laughs> so you get it all day. You yeah. know, so the whole day builds up to. You know, you you start off with. Australia, Fiji, then you get a bit of South Africa, New Zealand, then you get France, Argentina, all building up to Exeter v Bath. Premiership Rugby Cup. Um, I will just say this about the Premiership opening this week. It's something I've been thinking of uh, a lot. Um, We went to Twickenham on a Saturday when no real rugby was on and people showed up to watch us do do a podcast. Why for the life of me do they not do the Premiership opening on a weekend with inviting the press, with inviting a few podcasts like the Rugby Pod or whoever, and then also having an open training session and inviting the fans over and making an actual full-on event of it, not at Twickenham, but at the training ground or the home ground of the Premiership Champions. It would be such a good event. It would be so much better than what they currently do. I'll be honest. You don't care, do you? I still wouldn't care particularly. Yeah, uh, well, and that's really the point. Like, If you don't care... Yeah, a rugby Norse, and I don't care, and I'm rugby Norse, and you don't care, Tim. You're rugby Norse. Oh, what I care. You? Of course, I care. Oh, sorry, you care about the Premiership Rugby Cup. Of course, I care about Premiership Rugby Cup but and like, Premiership what is Rugby. The point in this I can't thing? wait. Unless, <laughs> what's what the point in it? And if we don't care, I don't know. It's one of those things where you have to make press announcements, like like Fixtures Day. Fixt- I just don't care about Fixtures Day, but they they I make a big day. big song and dance about it. I I I really don't. I can't get excited for. Oh, maybe. Bath Gloucester in six months' time you know, is going to be European a big game. Pool group day is a good day. So that is a good day because you work out, you see the pool of death or pools of death, and you're like, Bloody hell, I wouldn't want to be in that yeah. pool. And there are some diehards who then start organising their away travel. Yeah. yeah. And also, so that, don't get me wrong, organising travel for rugby away days is great fun. And, uh, but I don't really care about the launch of the fixtures yeah. because that and only allows me to. You get to fantasize, to... don't you, when the, when the fixtures go out? Wouldn't it be good if you could talk the lads to Claremont? You know, and you never do it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I reckon, I predict they could get a couple of thousand people down. So, say, Exeter Chiefs won it? Oh, yeah, they definitely could. More than that. They definitely could could do that, yeah. Sales Rocks do a barbecue on a Friday with a couple of hundred people, and no one even knows about it. So, you know, I'm just saying that it should be a much, much bigger event. Do you... I've seen a lot written and said about that, you know, this Rugby World Cup is going to really grow the game. Um, Why didn't the last one do it? Well, I was going to say, we had a World Cup in England, and... I, I mean, I think the game has grown, and there, there's, there's, there's a good product domestically and internationally, and ratings in terms of viewership and, and people going to games is up, but not by the kind of proportion over four years that I would have Agreed expected a home it, World Cup we, to have delivered. We have, and same with Super League, right? Um, both codes of rugby in this country have basically the best sporting product 
I can think think of on earth, frankly. And it's just not sold well enough. I mean, uh, the things which I love about rugby, hardly ever spoken about when you, know, you look on the official Premiership Twitter or you know how like how they how they cover it. It's all about superfluous stuff which nobody cares about. Uh, it's well, not sold well. It's not and it's not communicated well. And that, well be... Your JB uh, Ruby JB. Sorry, oh, I was going to say JB Cup. That's a very that's, diff- a, that's a very di- different thing. Different thing. Your Ruby JB. Who is the holder of the JB Cup, by the way? Uh, I'll get the staff to get back to you on that. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think that England and Ireland have both got a couple of wins uh, in a row. We'll, we'll get back to you on that. Anyway, um, no, I wasn't asking you. Sorry, I no. Was it, it would be a good test case to test that theory because they, they've they've tried it. Everything is marketed around skills and offloading and fast games and tries, tries, tries. Ruby Seven is marketed like that. Ruby X will be marketed like that. Maybe you should actually genuinely. See if you can get some commercial sponsorship and try Rugby JB and see if it does have the impact that you think it might do. Well, I've got to win a seat on the on the RFU Council first. Um, then I'll launch, then my, you can launch my new sport. Rugby JB. Well, I'm, I'm hopeful that the World Cup will capture the imagination of, you'll, you'll, of um, people. I hope so. You'll, you'll host my first Rugby JB event in, in Spinning Fields, right, Tim? If you get one organised, I'll, I'll, I'll be there with bells on, mate. Huh. If only I knew it. A scrum and line-out coach who your brother interesting <laughs> um yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm hopeful that that we will get a big lift from this i really really hope it does i think i agree with you jb i think it's going to be a fun i do think it's gonna be a really entertaining world cup i think the quality might it might be really entertaining because the quality's poor in some cases but that's good with me uh, well there's only one team i think is genuinely poor in, in, in well, well pause yeah i i just mean that actually it's not New Zealand have dipped South Africa are on the rise other teams but actually the, the top end is not as good as it was yeah oh, and that has compressed things I'm not sure about that I think the very top the gap between New Zealand and the rest is not as big as it was in 2015 but because New Zealand aren't as good as they were in 2015 that's my point it's relative though I'm not sure that they're not as good as because in 2015 they had Legends of the game, but again, a lot of aging stars: well, McCaw, Carter, Mialamu, Woodcock, mm. who were all—they were right at the. It was like one more year, get these guys one more year to play, and they—they they were Carter was holding off someone like Bowden Barrett, who was yeah, arguably the up and quick. So I, I'm I'm not sure that New Zealand have dipped. I think everyone has caught them up, and the relative yeah. difference. Okay, that's interesting. Is much much smaller. I just can't wait. I cannot wait. Um, I can't wait for our download numbers. How does how does your how are you going to manage work and stuff on on weekdays, Phil? Um, well, fortunately, I'm away for two, oh, yeah. two and a half weeks of, of the pool stages, are. so I'm going to manage that okay. Um, I, I might be able to get up early to watch the five a.m., five forty-five, five fifteen games. Um, I might be able to watch the occasional game at work, but I suspect I'm going to be watching a lot of games on reruns. I'll be watching like the highlights in my lunch hour and then reruns at between 5pm and 10pm in order to make sure I get every ounce of rugby I possibly can. Oh, yeah. I just and, I just want, please, can Virgin Trains sort their Wi-Fi out between now and uh, Friday? Virgin Trains Wi-Fi is not worth, appalling. Just not worth it. It's not, it's not worth it. No, I got I use my phone. I've got unlimited 4G anyway, so exactly. let's use that. Um, we, right, one last thing then. Um, are we going to make a commitment to our listeners to podcast every match day? Or every tier one match day? Well... Every every match day will be difficult, very difficult because it is pretty much every day 
for the first four weeks. And we were we were away for well, the first half. Well, of that. well, listen. I I think it's a lofty ambition. I think we should have something on our feed every day. I agree with you, Tim. Okay. Because because part of it could be. Let's be honest. Part of it could be you're sat there having coffee with the boys. You know, coffee with the boys. Sake, sake with the boys. Sake with the boys. Or sushi. Sushi with the boys. Fugu with the boys. Fugu with the boys. Gone, gone, gone. You can have gone. You can have that Japanese with the boys. And, and the boys. You, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Negroni with the boys. Exactly. You could you could just let us in on your life in Japan. Sometimes nobody uh, cares and about just, our life in Japan. And well, no, 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 no. I, I mean, as in, as in, oh, we, where you watched the game last night? What you thought of the game? Yeah, could yeah. Be, a quick little ten minute, like a like a video, like a not video, like a travel log, almost. Yeah. We'll see. What we I'm can sure do. we can do a few of those. Yeah. I wonder if I can find enough fans. There'll be fans about, for goodness sake. Enough generic rugby fans in... No, there'll be, there'll be Egg Chasers fans, mate. No, generic rugby fans in one of the England games to launch the first ever game of Rugby JV. <laughs> there you go. Enough with boots on. Ex- oh, yes, exactly. Now, right. we have got one other thing on the order of business, which, oh, was, which was a quiz. Oh, God, yeah. Do we, So this is a, a World Cup special quiz. Okay, why not? Do you want to do it now? Yeah, let's do it now, because we've only got next week, and next week's World Cup. There will have plenty, plenty yeah. to talk about. Is, is the World Cup quiz worth worth a little download of its own that people could play along with? What? Right, hang on. So you can tip. Well, I reckon that we should... I think we should hold off on it. Uh, opening day, a bit, bit of razzmatazz, the, 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 the scenes of the opening ceremony, the first game. Unless, um, I mean, to be honest, we're going to be talking about a procession of Japanese tries. We are. We could Some also... Spectacular team tries. Yeah, we could tee up the first... Big match day, the Saturday, with a Perfect, with a World Cup Tim. quiz and a preview of those games. Perfect. Uh, and all, yeah, fine. So let's do that. And if you're in Manchester and you want to do some Japanese-style business cards uh, swapping with a lot of deference, get in touch with me on Twitter because I'll be showing the uh, Russia, not Spain, Japan game in, Man- in Manchester City, City Centre at Greater Manchester Chamber of Commerce. You know where to find us. You need to be subscribed because the World Cup is coming and there'll be regular updates in your feed so rather than having to go in and check or look on Twitter just hit subscribe and it'll be there on your phone every single morning or evening or whenever when you wake up when you go to work when you come home from work hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify Acast or just go to at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and we'll put a link to it there let the boys play let the boys play well done beautiful Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.